Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, I have an amazing woman. Her name is January Donovan, and she founded the Women's School. And uh, before I bring January on to chat more about that, I'm going to give you a little bit of her background. January Donovan is a self-worthy, self-worth strategist, best-selling author, and founder of the Women's School. She has over 20 years of experience training women. January founded the Women's School to fight the injustice against women's self-worth. The company went from zero to 30 countries in under two years and grew a thousand percent. That's amazing. She believes it is time for our world to recognize the value of the whole woman and not just what the culture dictates makes her valuable. She is more than her body or her achievements. She was designed to be whole. Women today doubt if they are good enough. We battle feeling like a failure when in reality, the world has failed to prepare us. We can no longer afford to hand over a generation of women who doubt their worth. It is time women know who they are. I can agree more. We have a duty to equip women with practical skills and guide them to design who they are for the world. We are in the business of integrating the whole woman. January took her passion and began to train more women to build their own businesses, rebuilding women's worth. This bold vision took the women's school from zero to three countries in under two years. Like I said earlier, there's a hunger for this work. She's a wife and a mother of eight children. She is fierce about integrating business and motherhood. Our professional dreams cannot be apart from our personal dreams. We have to integrate them if we want to be fulfilled. Please welcome the founder of the school, January Donovan podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me, Heather. I'm so grateful to be here. I am great. I um, I love the opportunity to be able to just sort of share hearts with women and go deep. So I love this. This It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I feel, um, but first, before we dive in, uh, I have an icebreaker for you and that is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh my gosh. I'm not actually a dessert person, but I love cookies. So I, I, I've had to really clean up my nutrition. Um, okay. So golly, I don't actually know where it comes from and I probably should give you, but it's the best cookie recipe I ever had that when somebody said, what do you want for postpartum? I said, give me that batch of cookies. And I don't know where it's coming. It's from, I don't know if it's Paula Dean cookie Uh to get it to you, but it's so good. That I want you crave. No, I, I hate the whole batch, by the way, after I had the baby. I had the, oh, I ate the whole entire cookie all by myself. And I told my kids, I, I will not share this. I just had a baby. That was so rude. But <laughs> really, I just no, I mean you have to. Like when you have cravings when you're pregnant and stuff, it's like you have to have it. And then once you get it, you're like, okay, I'm fine, but you will become a monster and another person, like, human, like you're not a human being at that time. So yeah. I love a good cookie. I love a soft good cookie. So that was to my be and my favorite cookie. I'll have to get you what it is. I'm almost positive it's Paula Dean. Oh, 
It's got a lot of butter. has got a lot of butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh, the amount of butter she uses, but it's good. Butter makes everything better, I think. Uh, so you have eight children. So are those all biological? They are all biological. 16 years of the same incredible man, still in love, building a business together. So yeah, 15. Wow. Oldest. Um, my youngest is a year old. We laugh because I've got somebody who's driving and somebody who I'm potty training. Well, actually, my number seven is potty training. So I've kind of have it all in the gamut. Um, so yeah, all biological. And my husband and I are building a business together. We love it. It is um been such a beautiful sort of journey together. And we really prioritize our marriage and our our, our eight children. Uh, and then our business. So um, yeah, it's very real for us. The dances are real, but we love it. Wow. So I have to ask, so do how do, how many boys, how many girls, and do they share rooms? <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. So I have um, four girls, four boys. Uh, my two boys, 15 and 10 share a room. I do a lot of Montessori. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our- Child-led. Um, yeah, so our home is very sort of Montessori. So we've got a lot of, uh, yeah, I, might, I, 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 don't, I think I haven't had a crib since my first child. So everything I always had was sort of um, in there. Uh, it's, called, it's called a floor bed. So two of my oldest preteens are sharing a room. My, my six-year-old, my seven-year-old are sharing a room. And then I have a baby in our own room, my three-year-old. And then I have a little room next to my room. It's like a closet pretty much where my little babies. <laughs> well, <laughs> so that I don't have to be far away. I, I don't have to be so far away from me. So I, I do sleep training. I actually did a class and I put my baby. Love sleep training. Big, big fan of that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, um, but when I sleep train, it's 12 hours at 12 weeks. I did it for all eight children. Um, but in Florida, the homes are on the first level. So even I, though I sleep train them, I want them sort of a little bit, you know, I can hear them in the middle of the night because. Um, so I have them this little room for my little baby, which is it's not oh. really anymore. <laughs> right. No hands. Are you done? Are you done? Um, I would 80? like to, no, 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 no. I, I actually, I, eight is great. I don't actually want anymore <laughs> to be honest. I always say that, but, but you just never know. Sure. Um, I, you know, my husband's one of 11 kids. I don't want 11. I, I thought I'd, I, I was done at six. Um, I love being a mom. I, I don't, um, my, you know, my background is that I trained so much, uh, prior to being a mom of practical skills that I didn't think I needed until I was a mom. And it, you know, motherhood to me was honestly, I don't, it was, it was, it was not, um, it was easy. I'm I'm not going to lie here and sit here, but I don't think it was because I had any superpower but because so much of the training I received prior to motherhood and continually really changed the, the quality of my motherhood and my marriage. And which is why I teach what I teach, because I feel like so many women today are deprived of the most practical basic training skills that allow walk us into overwhelm when in reality, we're just simply underskilled. And I just think it's robbing women all day long of the quality of the life that they want. I 100% agree. What kind of skills are uh, women lacking that you train them? Decision-making and decision cause a lot of anxiety. You know, in a woman's mm-hmm. school, we teach women three types of decisions. We need to know the, you know, I teach frameworks and formulas. I'm a trainer. Um, knowing how to create a plan, knowing how to create a rhythm of life, a routine, knowing how to pivot, knowing how to, you know, draw boundaries is skill or 
communicate boundaries is another skill, knowing how to hold people accountable, knowing how to hold ourselves accountable, knowing how to manage our mind, our emotion, knowing how to manage our bodies, not just sort of look, you know, externally, but really, you know, a lot of times women are made to feel bad for our bodies. Nobody's teaching us kitchen skills. I mean, think about it. Most women don't want to cook. Why? Because it feels overwhelming to be in the kitchen, to prepare a meal, to clean up afterwards. I remember my training, Heather, was I actually had to, to time myself on how efficiently I was able to clean the counter. That was part of my training before I got married. And I look back on it, I laugh at it. I'm like, the kitchen is easy. No big deal. But it wasn't like I have superpower. Somebody just trained me. I trained my kids. I'm like, look at the clock. How long does that counter take you? Beat your own time. You know, as well as how do you manage critics? How do you have command our emotion so we don't, we're not a victim to our emotion? I mean, th- just think about the preparation for motherhood. We get not, I mean, you get training on how to give birth, but mm-hmm. not actually how to take care of yourself, how to take care of a child, how to train your child. I mean, if we don't have any emotional command and then now our children are screaming and we're a mess and we have, you know, all of a sudden our day is ruined because our children for some reason, have unmanaged emotion because that's what kids do. And then Mm -hmm. we don't know how to put a boundary. I mean, these are non-negotiable skills, Heather, that if we're not training mothers, what I'm seeing right now after doing this for 20 years, it's become generational. Mm -hmm. The anxiety that mothers have is communicated to the children and it's not the mom's fault. It's It's culture. No, what we've seen. There's no training. Right. There's there's no no training and. I think we have, as a culture, assumed that motherhood is hard, messy. And I don't blame women for feeling that way because it's not like we're trained to think otherwise or to actually think of the skills that are necessary to not actually, you know, walk into feeling like you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, life is a mess. My kids are a mess. And this is a mess. My home is a mess. These are non-negotiable trainings. If we don't know how to manage our homes physically, emotionally, it's going to be a hard day. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, we're in line there. Cause that's, I have the chaos control system where I try to create systems in your house that are maintainable, sustainable to make it easy and to keep, it doesn't help when you're trying to manage everything and you don't keep up with it or teach your children how to keep up with it. And you're the one who's now, so I create skills and things. So my kids can help be more, you know, more self-sufficient because it's a team effort and they need to know the skills when they're older and do better than we did. Right. And give them, I mean, I, I went to, I went, went to live in Florida uh, when I was 18 years old and off on my own. Good thing. My parents were good parents and taught me, you know, good decision-making skills and going, you know, all the responsibility, everything like that, because you're on your own and you have to learn as you go through experience, but those also skills need to happen. Right. Um, and becoming a, you know, there's no manual to becoming a mom. But that's my point is there's no manual, you know, right. when I, I, I tell mom, I said, listen, if my three-year-old is crying, do I turn around to my six-year-old or five or whatever age? And then, you know, victimize him because I'm having a frustrating conversation with my three-year-old. I have to have enough command and boundary to say, you may not do that. That is not acceptable. And then my child here, be like, Oh, how can I help you? And to do that all day long where and not be exhausted, <laughs> not exhausted, but that's why I mean, you can't manage our home. If we don't have mind management skills, it's non-negotiable mm-hmm. managing our mind is the secret ingredient 
to managing motherhood. And where do we learn that? Where do we learn to, to have command of our thoughts, to actually take inventory of our thoughts, to pivot our thoughts, to recalibrate? I mean, these are skills we teach in the women's school. And I do what I do because women are suffering unnecessarily, but I don't believe we were designed that way. I believe we were designed to have a beautiful, meaningful life, career, motherhood, marriages, and everything. I don't think we were supposed to live life where we're constantly in, you know, stress and, and feeling overwhelmed. And that's why I tell women, whatever roadblock you have, ask yourself, what skill do you need to learn, unlearn, or relearn so that you don't repeat this six months later? So you're not in the same situation a year from now. And this is why I truly believe in training. It's like, you don't go for Olympics and read a ton of book and expect to perform. There's conditioning, there's coaches, there's, you know, somebody looks at you for feedback. That's what, what I believe is the way forward for women. And to be honest, you know, there's a lot of collateral damage that we have to endure because we didn't get training. There's a lot of things that I have to feel like I'm learning and learning and really, because there's so many things that I didn't receive and I'm learning as I go. But the hope is that we can then, you know, prepare a generation of women who know how to make decisions appropriately, who know how to manage, you know, my eight-year-old can look at other people and be like, your opinion of me is not my opinion of me and can move on. I'm like, that took me decades to learn. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, kids are so wise and they also absorb things so quickly. It's amazing on what they can figure out. I had my seven-year-old, um, I apologize. I, I use the wrong words and I'm learning to, to, to go through it. Cause I'm at the tail end of a divorce and there's dynamics there. And I, I, I told them, I told her, I said, I'm very sorry for what happened today and, and how that made you feel. And she goes, mommy, you don't have to be sorry. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's not your fault. It's, you know, at this point it was their dad, but she's like, it's dad's fault. I was like, okay, well, you're recognizing that I'm, I'm apologizing for something that I shouldn't. She goes, you're always apologizing for things that you didn't do. And she's seven. And I'm like, wow. And you know, it's, it's incredible on what they pick up and what they see and how they can articulate it. And you're just like, that took me a long time to, to know. I'm glad that you're learning it. Like it was, it was incredible. That's pretty profound wisdom for a seven-year-old. I mean, that was- I couldn't believe it. I was just, and you don't want to like be like, yep, it was because you don't want to like do the blame game. But at the same time, you're like, you're recognizing that the situation was out of mom's control. Mom tried to do her best. Mom feels, you know, I'm giving her hugs and, and trying to just be the mom, but she's recognizing responsibility and, and people's roles and things. And so I, I was like, wow, you guys. So they absorb things very young, which is very important to teach them. And she's my only daughter. I have two boys and a girl. And I'm trying to model strong behavior for them as a mom and a woman. And you know, we don't, I don't want, I'm not feminist, but I'm like, we don't need a man. We would like support in a relationship and support each other and not be supported by. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and I think sometimes this idea, I, I actually, it's funny. I, I, you know, we run, the, I run the woman's school and I don't use the word feminist or feminism at all in the whole thing, because I think it's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. No, because I think the idea is that sort of this feminine woman cannot be strong. And I think that I can absolutely be strong and yet still hold people accountable. And at the same time, feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think it's, 
it has to be sort of this idea of, you know, kind of like a camp, you know, like you gotta be this way and this one. And, and uh, I think that we need to almost, sometimes I feel like if we just walk away from the labels, we might have a better chance of actually maybe um, learning from each other, you know, like how can I be strong, but not also be a doormat. <laughs> that's, a, that's all of our limiting beliefs, right? Are these labels. We're supposed to be this because this is what it's supposed to look like, but our version is not that. Like that, it, all of our versions are different. And it, we shouldn't exactly. be comparing ourselves. We shouldn't try to be being Susie down the street. Like we need to be us and what works for us and works for our kids and our family. And I think that, you know, we teach a lot about comparison and competition because it's a skill. And, and I, I you know, a lot of the process that we take women is a neurological rewiring of the brain. Uh, women from a very young age have been conditioned to just compare. Oh, she's bigger than me. She's smaller than me. She's prettier than me. She's, I mean, it's so habitual. And mothers are, and children are hearing it from their mothers. You know, they're looking at the commercial and you're like, oh my gosh, she's so much thinner than me, or I don't look at it. In the, and it's, we don't even know we're swimming in the culture of language where we're pinning ourselves against each other. I mean, we really cannot get what we do not have. And mothers have to be so hyper aware of the language we're using that we might not be aware. We could be comparing, competing with other women that's actually in, you know, pr- imprisoning us. I mean, it's a, to compete and compare is a prison. I know it, it's a mental prison. Women go to sleep and they ruminate and all the things that they wore in their war or not because of Susie Q and Mary X and all this, and it's all day. But the worst part is that it's all in- interior. It's not something that we go to our friend, like I compared myself, maybe some, you know, if we're vulnerable enough, but really it's just day in and day out. And when things are in the quiet, they grow, you know, in the dark. Mm -hmm. And then we start to make up stories about who we are and who we're not. I mean, I tell women, I'm like, the skill is to actually be hyper aware when you're in that situation. So, you know, exactly the script. We do a lot of scripting in the woman's school. We get a, you know, scripting means that we actually uh, proactively uh, identify what we need to say so that we don't fall into the trap. You know, like my daughter was saying, well, your opinion of me is not my opinion of me. And she knows that somebody criticizes her. She's like, well, your opinion of me is not my opinion of me. You know, so we taglines and catchphrases. Yeah. Yeah. We have thousands of scripts and the woman's school. When you start to compare yourself, you know, what do you say? You know, I honor every woman as valuable. And you just know that I compliment everyone I see. I mean, you know, just the idea. And so you, we, we put the walls down, Heather. And I, I say this because I think women are, are suffering unnecessarily because what they really want is peace of mind. What they want is harmony in their life, but how? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the question. How we're always told to dream, but never shown how to dream. We're getting told to get rid of comparison competition, but how? Right. You're, we're giving, we're, we're telling you what to do but we need to be shown how and to taught do. how, and that's the gap. That's the gap. Because to be, that's skills the gap. don't come na- natural for people. No. I mean, I can multitask, no problem. I, it's, it's second nature. I don't even realize I'm doing it, but breaking it down to bite-sized pieces where people that, that they're just not good at it. You have to show them how and bring solution to them because they don't know what they don't know. Correct. Yep. And that's, you know, think about, like, I always think of um, algebra. I'm like, imagine if we just gave them the answer. (laughs) No, you have to actually break it down. That's what we do in the woman's school best is we say, you know, how do you hold uh, someone accountable? Step one, step two, step three. I can give it to my, you know, teenagers. I can give it to, you know, women that are single and say, here's your three-step process and how to hold a man accountable. Here's your three-step process and how to make sure you've got a routine. Here's your three-step process, how to get rid of gossip. 
So the this is why I, I, I this is what women are, you know, because I think we can read a book about boundaries and never know how to actually communicate boundaries. Right. You have to set and right, exactly. It's a huge and thing. It's it's the difference is there's a difference between knowing and being. To know something does not, but there's an assumption that just because I know that doesn't mean I am, right? January, I've read hundreds of books and boundaries. I already know that. I already know about relationships, but I already know about, you know, and I'm, I always say, um, you know, knowing is being. So you know something when you are that thing, right? I know, and that's where training really comes in, in conditioning. And that's really what I think the way forward is, is that we have to invite women to invest in their own training. 100%. So how will one find your, your school and your training and what does it entail? Um, to, cause it sounds, I mean, it's, it's an over, I mean, this is amazing. It's an amazing thing that you could that you're do for women. Um, so we, you can go to the woman's Uh, and first actually you can take our wholeness quiz where you, what we teach in the woman's school is to look at every part of their life, right? Because, what we are not taught is that every part of our life impacts the other. You know, a lot of times be successful. What does that mean anyway? You know, make a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Or find the right person for you. But what we're, what I teach women is saying, it doesn't matter if you, you know, you achieve all your dreams and you're losing parts of yourself. You can make a million dollars and have a, you know, not so good self-image. You're not healthy. Your marriage is falling apart or you're you know, so what we want to do is take an initial assessment. So when you go to the woman's club.com, there's a quiz and you just walk through and rate your own wholeness. That's what we call it. And what we have created is a signature masterclass, which we do three things. It's a 16 week course that women are actually taking with a guide or self-study, but I highly recommend a guide. It's our most popular one. We have thousands of students all over the world. And what it does is that you go through the 16 week course where you do three things. Number one, you discover the dream of the season because every season has a dream, but people tell you to dream, but not how to dream. So we walk mm-hmm. you through how to dream, how to create a plan for your dream, how to work backwards, understanding the distinction between dreaming and goal setting, very different. Number two, we teach you how to design every part of your life. So we actually walk you through your self-image, your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, your friendship, your intimacy, your work, your contribution, your environment, your wealth, and your family. And say, what do you really want in every part of your life? So we give you actually the frameworks to discover what do you want in every part of your life? And then we teach you how to achieve it. Say, here are the skills, if you want that. And number three, we teach you to design the woman you need to become in order to achieve the dream the season, but also the design that you want to achieve in your life. It's a very intensive process. It's 16 weeks. We go deep mm-hmm. and you go through it. You, there's a workbook. There's, I teach the class. They can, you know, log in and it's women that go through it. Um, they don't recognize themselves when they're done. And I think the reason why we really went viral, because I don't believe there's a class out there that integrates the whole person and gives us the most basic foundation, how to be a woman in today's world. There's a lot of empowerment, but not a lot of equipment. And so you walk through that course, but the, I think the magic behind is honestly how there is that you do it with a small group of women, because every week you go together and you're like, you know, I, I didn't realize I didn't actually like myself. I realized that I actually have unprocessed wounds. You know, we talk about, um, you know, um, the different wounds of women 
you know, the wounds of lack of admiration, the wounds of you know, having to prove ourselves. So we go through all that and women go through it together and, and then um, they learn how to um, design a plan to develop the skill set that they need, whatever arena, we call it the arena. Uh, and then you go through that 16 week process and you've got accountability and you walk through together and it's a blueprint for life. So a lot of our students, they go through it and they discover you know, what they're doing the season, the design for their life, they have a blueprint for their life. But then what happens is that they achieve the next dream. Why? Because we get, we teach them how to achieve it. And then they have to go through it again. You discover what's the dream now, you know, my dream with six kids was different than my dream with eight kids. Sure. Yeah. So then you, but then when you design a dream, you know, when you discover that dream, you also have to redesign every part of your life. Right. My dream when I was, you know, it's it's six children to, you know, work on a bestseller book. I had to design my life in context of that dream, but now it's different. I have a one-year-old now and a two-year-old. And how am I going to pursue the dream? Mm -hmm. You know, I have to design every part of my life. I have to know what I'm eating, what I'm exercising, what kind of friendships I have. How how am I honoring my husband? How am I taking care of myself? How am I, you know, skill building? I mean, these things have to be so intentional. And that's why I tell women, I said, why are we not training women today? Right. Well, I mean, there's always the gap, right? And everyone, we, we stumble or fall and then we find, you know, people like you who can bring it all in. I've never, I've interviewed lots and lots of people on the podcast and never have I heard this concept before. <laughs> we teach pieces of it, like you had mentioned, you know, like I teach the organization and mindset, but there's other ways on like how to get you there and why you're not there and why you struggle. And it <laughs> sounds like it really comes all together with the women's school. And I, I'm going to check it out for sure. I think that it is an amazing um, resource and uh, it's fantastic yeah. on what you're doing. for women. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like, I think this is a way for us to not be competing, comparing each, with each other. You know, oh. because we're in this together, you know, and I, I actually the, the, I've been training one for, 20 years and this masterclass has been 20 years in the making to be honest even though it's so foundational and we have got courses galore postpartum and you know dating courses and all that that I also teach but what I find is that um when we started this course women saying January I want to build a business doing this mm-hmm. so you know I wasn't this is how how the business, the wholeness coaching school model came from, because all I'm a teacher, to be honest, that's what I do. I'm a teacher. I, I did it for free for 15 years. I didn't charge a dime. I believed in mm-hmm. it. I fought for women. I trained women, even though I had six kids, five, whatever, how many kids I had. Um, but then when we, you know, my husband said, you want to reach thousands or millions? And I said, of course, millions, you know, then you have to build a business. So we built a business. But then what I didn't expect were women who want to build a business based on training women. And that's what I think is so powerful because we have a business model where women can make money, a lot of money, while also training other women. And the impact that they mm-hmm. have is that they get to sleep at night because they get to see the impact, the direct impact it's having in every part of a woman's life and at the same time, their own life. And I think that model has really revolutionized and got us really to say, listen, this, it works, you know, um, it's time. And it's, it's exciting for me, to be honest, to think mm-hmm. that, you know, we can have a future generation where we can train the next generation of women, you know, we can train our children's children and we don't have to be a victim anymore of what everyone else thinks we ought to be. 
Wow, that's so, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I, I mean, can't thank you enough for what you're doing for, for all the women out there and future generations and you're all doing it with eight kids. And that's amazing too. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and you know, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm writing a book right now. Hopefully it'll be done by October. It's redefining success for women. Mm-hmm. that's really what this is about is that we need to change the landscape of what makes a woman successful is not achievement mm-hmm. and it's fulfillment because we're good as achieving all the th- different things that we achieve if along the way we've lost who we are that's and right. that's what i think um what i'm passionate about is is giving that opportunity for women to live every day as though they have life within them because how many women can you see who has no life in their eyes heather Right. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. So that's what we, you know, I, um, I, I truly believe in this work. You know, I think we need to fight for women, but we're the first women we need to fight for. Mm, absolutely. Wow. You're, and, and your energy and your just this, everything is so powerful. <laughs> and I can see why you are so successful and you can really speak like, speaking to me, I got chills and goosebumps (laughs) as we're talking and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to check it out and share it with the, with the listeners. And, um, we'll have all the links for the women's school and, uh, your book as well. When that comes out, please share it. And, um, thank you so much for being here and, uh, and sharing everything. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Cause I think that's, um, I always say I cannot do what Heather is called to do you know, what you're doing and what you're creating and what your contribution in this unique time in history is irreplaceable. Oh, and I wow. Think, Thank you. No, but it's really important for women to remember, you know, like I cannot do what Heather's doing and vice versa, because we are so unrepeatable. We are so irreplaceable. I mean, you know, there's trillions of um, um, neuro- neurological connections in our brain that makes us completely a unique human being. And that's so powerful Mm -hmm. to think that what you're offering to them is your unique experience, your unique pain, your unique, you know, wisdom. And I just want to honor you and I thank you and I celebrate you. And I just, this is what we have got to do moving forward is celebrate women's contribution in a very unique way that's irreplaceable. So thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's so, so I don't have words. That was just amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, thank you for, for sharing and uh, for listeners, please uh, go and look at, up the women's school and check out January. And uh, if you reach out to January, she's amazing. And just, you get this, this, like, I can't explain the feeling and we're just on a computer talking <laughs> and it's just like, so warm and fuzzy and just like also calm. And so uh, thank you again for being here and please make sure to check out January and uh, we'll catch you next time on another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See you all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.